last time. The Riftwalkers ventured to a Mazkin monastery in the far northern mountains of the Fell, where they communed with an ethereal and petitioned for Val to become a godborn. Their request was granted, and then they had a strange encounter with who they thought to be the betrayer god Air, but was just in fact Vale, playing another one of his tricks in order to get some information from the group. All's well that ends well, however, as Ifron was able to cash in his favor and rid himself of Nakmatera's madness. However, as the group prepared to leave, set out on their next objective, one of the attendants at the monastery informed them that just below their feet lay an immense labyrinth, and within it, one of the Valor aspects called the Bogrot of Inuriot. And here we find them now. Excuse me, friend. We have come here, and we have stayed with you, and you have been most gracious to us in allowing us to use your facilities. Yet now, after all this time, you tell us that there is an aspect of a Valor, a quite dangerous being, right under our very feet. And this is the first time that you have thought to mention this to us. Why have we not heard of this before? I am remiss to say, but our leadership did not particularly believe in your abilities at first. You see... We have been battling the Bogrot for centuries. For generations, we have found no way to kill it. It feeds on essence, not just life, but magic. We did not think that your group would be able to help, but after overhearing your mission and now seeing that you have such powerful individuals amongst yourselves, Mazkin, Elfkin, skilled human warriors, and now two godborn... We thought perhaps then you would be ready to face this threat. Of course, that decision lies upon you. The Bogrot is a slow, malicious force. It will not be going anywhere anytime soon. Though once you venture into the labyrinth, you must find its heart to kill it, or it will never stop spreading. Well, I don't see much of a reason to not go just now, I mean. As you said, two got born. Plus I'm on the team, so I'm as guaranteed success. <laughs> Uh, yes, a labyrinth where 15 minutes in a maze and they make it sound like it's a beast of hell. Actually, my friend, there is a difference between a maze and a labyrinth. You see, a maze always has many dead ends and attempts to mislead. But a labyrinth always leads somewhere. And I believe going into this labyrinth will be no different. It should lead us directly to the heart of this bogrot. So tell me, what means have you employed to deal with it so far? We have with us Imin the blade that has killed some aspects before it, but from what you say, this aspect is unlike the others that we have faced. Yes, as I can imagine. You see, it is not a sentient being, or perhaps it is, and it does not act with any malevolence. It simply destroys. I'm sure you've heard of its description, this mass of bile, pus, blood, stacked upon mounds of flesh and waste. I'm not sure your curse-breaking dagger would do much against it, for perhaps its heart may be susceptible, but it itself, we have found fire works perfectly. If this is something you wish to undertake at this time, I understand that we can outfit you for this journey, or at least offer some assistance, but I'll give you a moment to yourselves. And he gives you a curt bow and just excuses himself to the uh, edge of the room just staring right at us. <laughs> please say yes, please say yes, please say yes. Okay. Alados does like a real old-timey coach huddle-up thing. He's going to get the group together. He's going to rally the troops. All right. 
we gather. He arraigns himself in a way, in, in the most intimidating and regal way an almost dying man can, right? So he's like still super old and hunched over, but he's just a little bit less hunched over now. And he just says, Now, we came here hoping to get Val and places to God born and uh, shave your soul, lad. And we've done that. We have indeed. Uh, sold it to someone else, but who's counting? Anyways, we might as well finish our second duty here. These aspects aren't going to take care of themselves, and to be frank, I don't fancy another ride on that dragon without getting a bit more done. Because we fly away now, we'll just have to fly back later. How many more fireballs can you conjure, Val? Uh, quite a few, I, I think. I Let me consult my list of spell slots. <laughs> 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 I don't remember how many I have, because it's a, a, a ridiculous number. Quite a few is fine. All right, I'll see how much you. Mickless at times. You've shown yourself to be a little bit frisky with the magico. Uh, definitely frisky. <laughs> I don't know so much about the magico. Who <laughs> <laughs> is this Leroth? Freak just happened. This is this is Leroth. Is he on drugs? <laughs> he's he's light now. I can do seventeen fireballs. Oh, 17. Well, all right. And you, Raylander, you've got a little bit of intent in you. Think you can conjure up a nice fire, maybe? I'm sure I can do something of the sort, yes. All right, then. The way I see it, we have two people who can conjure fire as they want to. Me with my old glaive here, and he gives a nice tap to it. I can make this conjure fire. We can take this thing on. It's a rotting mass in the middle of a labyrinth. Would be one of the easiest jobs yet. We'll have to stay smart, stay true. But we can get it done. No sense in leaving. I don't know that it will be easy, but I do think it would be wise to tackle it now. It seems silly to leave. Yes, I agree. It would be a waste if we elect not to undertake this task at this time. Perhaps it might be worth asking if there are any Mazkin who have fought or have at least attempted to kill the being, who perhaps could venture with us, at least as a guide to as far as they've gone. Kelnia sheepishly starts to raise her hand. And Rolandia raises an eyebrow. In my previous life, I believe that I actually may have been one to attempt to vanquish, or at least stave off this bog rot here. You see, this labyrinth runs under these mountains for many miles deeper than anything I've seen before. And, well, from time to time, we employ those such as myself or us here to go down and just fight it back. No one has ever actually undertaken to destroy it in its entirety. Though I imagine, as he said, striking its heart would do the job right out. We don't have to scrub every inch of it. But still, no one's ever really tried. Well, there's a first time for everything. Quite right. Then, in that case, if you are as experienced as any other would be, I see no reason why we perhaps don't take a few minutes gather ourselves, unless there are any of you who need more time, but I don't think we should delay too long before venturing out. <laughs> Here's my, again, question, Ryan. Will I have 12 hours within the labyrinth to cast this spell, or should we wait? Well, uh, what is this spell? Simulacrum. It allows me to create a, a copy of a living being. Oh, that's right. It's a pretty dope spell. Yeah, I'm excited. It just depends how long you're going to be in the labyrinth. Ugh. You could be there for weeks. We best not hurry. After what Val just went through, I think he could use a bit of a rest. I agree. I wouldn't say no. I think perhaps we take a day to ourselves and then we can embark upon this. He said, gesturing to the Mazkin who is waiting patiently at the edge of the room. There's no rush. Very true. Then 
I, for one, could use some rest as well as a break. And he waves over the Mazkin attendant who'd been waiting in the corner. Yes, yes. Very well. Then we will retain the rooms that we've had previously, and we will plan around, oh, give or take this time tomorrow, to set off into the labyrinth. Agreed. We will be waiting for you at the entrance. Perfect. Could you take me to any of the supplies that we might use? I need to prepare. Yes, of course. I think it would be smart to outfit all of you, but we can do that either tomorrow or when you wish. I'm just imagining they have a room full of, like, World War II flamethrowers. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Magical flamethrowers. <laughs> Not far off. Oh, gosh. Okay. Then, uh, with that, Rolandier gives a good bow to this Mazkin and begins walking out. As you all return to your quarters for the night, you have time to rest and recuperate, and if anyone wishes to cast any long-term spells, <laughs> you may begin such processes, but I mean... I would love to do you're that. You're going to sacrifice your sleep. Mm, good point. Well, we said a day, right? The, yeah. How long does it take to do a simulacrum? 12 hours. I guess, but yeah, what kind of process is involved? Would we be sitting... Doing nothing in the labyrinth while you did this? or Yeah, I think so. I got it, guys. Val goes to bed early and then wakes up early and just does the spell preparation mm-hmm. then. Oh, okay. Go to sleep, wake up at six, and then you'll leave at six. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh I think gosh. if we take a whole day, then I'll, I'll be able to rest at some point. But yes, I would like to cast my ooky, spooky, cold simulacrum spell. All right, then. You can all take a long rest now as day fades to night. Val wakes up early the next morning and begins this incantation. As the others start to stir, Brynir goes to find out exactly what needs to be done. Does anyone else go with him? I wanted to do something as well. I wanted to prepare um, some objects for Glyph of Warding. Yeah. So I'm going to do that and I'll probably take... uh, Can I do like a rock and put inscribe some runes in that? I mean, you can check with the Mazkin and they can fashion something for you. Okay. Yeah, I'll do that. (laughs) It's like a simple like, you know what? No, It's just a piece of paper that's folded in half. I I literally was thinking that, but I was like, no, I gotta do something naturalistic. (laughs) Explosive paper airplanes. (laughs) That's fun. They're called paper bombs and Naruto's been doing it for ages. (laughs) So then does Mick in interest of creating these glyphs go with Brynir? Yes, I do. Who else? Efron will tag along with them. As will Rolandir. Kelnius will stay behind. Lerotz is feeling great. He's got his glaive. He's, he's ready to go. Actually, he's, he's going to go just because he wants to see, you know, what, what have they been trying that has or has not worked. So he's going to go. So in the armory then, you meet up with the attendant from the previous day, and he shows you around their arsenal. There are plenty of weapons that seem to be simple steel, but he explains are easily enchanted or imbued with elemental intent to create a fiery effect. There are also small devices that are basically like wooden clapboards that one could inscribe with certain effects, such as mixed glyphs of warding, as if this was something they had already thought about. (laughs) And then there are these sizable charges that the attendant brings you aside to. They're about the size of a human head. And he says, hefting one down, because they are much heavier than they appear. It's almost pure iron and riveting. And he says, inside here is a contained blast. 
of elemental intent. Pure fire. Setting one of these off could destroy and clear out entire hallways worth of the Bogrot. However, they are incredibly fragile, dangerous, and volatile. If one were to transport with one of them, they would have to be incredibly cautious or dexterous. Well, leave them with me. I'll take care of it. Perhaps more than one person can take one. I trust you completely, Leroots, but what would happen if two of them were to accidentally knock into each other and then, boom, we have a big explosion on our hands. It would be best to keep them separate. That's a darn fine idea. I, I, would, I would agree with the Emir. Putting them together is risky at best, and these are arduous to construct. He, you notice there are only about six of them there, so taking two would be depleting their stores by a significant percent. But we are happy and willing to aid you in any way possible. Take as much as you need. I can take one. I could take the other. I'm rather dexterous, as you mentioned. And perhaps it would be best if we trade off. I'm sure that it would become taxing to carry those for more than an hour or so. So we'll make sure to stick close together and have a good rotation so that they don't accidentally discharge. Excuse me. How long would it take to imbue my axe with some of this fire intent? I can put some of our best arcanists on it immediately, and it should be ready by the time you depart. And then Brynir takes his axe off his back and hands it over. Great. The attendant hands it to a separate attendant, and that one leaves. He eyes Mick and says, I saw you looking at our glyph triggers. Are you interested in taking a few? Indeed I am. How many can you offer me? As many as you require. As I said, we have full confidence in you now, and we wouldn't want you going in unprepared. Perhaps you could offer me five, then, please? Easily, yes. And he takes some from the shelves and hands them to you. Much obliged. Thank you. While Brynir and Mick and the rest of them are equipping themselves, Rolandir goes over to this Mazkin, who's showing them through the armory. And is this the same one who was with them in the chamber the prior day? Yes. Okay. What exactly did you hear of our conversation with the ethereal and reality yesterday? Very little, to be honest. Only what you were, I believe, present for. For, you see, the focus, when it is attuned to one of these deities, can sometimes transport a piece of that person to the respective plane of said deity. So we only heard what you were actually present in the room for. Regardless, I think it important, at least now, that I do ask something of you. If we are successful in this venture, ridding the Bogrot from these caverns in this labyrinth, we do have still a great task ahead of us, one which, regardless of whatever powerful beings we may have among us, we're still outnumbered. I would ask that if your efforts are lightened in any way by the ridding of this creature, that you would join us. I cannot speak for other monasteries, but the Maz can hear would happily pledge their help. Thank you. I cannot speak to exactly what that help would look like as of yet, but just knowing that you will be at the ready is enough. Of course. And he observes the room, sees that the rest of the group are starting to finish up, and Rolandir is going to head back. Great. Then I think if no one else has any pressing matters, the day goes on as usual. You eat, you rest, you recuperate. Val 
at approximately 6 p.m., you finish your spell. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. What happens? Um, I imagine Val probably put himself in a room somewhere to cast this spell. So he would emerge at some point and rejoin the group with a perfect copy. Like, his height looks exactly like him. Copy of himself made of ice. Are the characteristics of it, like its hair, its movement, whatever, they all look completely organic, but it just looks like it's made out of ice? I, I imagine so, yes. Yeah, <laughs> it, is a, it is Ice Val. Now, is Ice Val uh, susceptible to fire? Like, if we set off one of these bombs, is Ice <laughs> Val going to melt? Ice Val will be damaged uh, regularly. It's not, like, vulnerable okay. to fire. Okay. But How long does Ice Val last? Until it is destroyed. Nice. New permanent party member. <laughs> I mean, it can't talk, but... Later, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, he's kind of accompanying us. Upon seeing uh, Ice Val, uh, he just walks up and says, uh, I'll be damned, sir. Quite a fine piece of work here you've done. Thank you. What is this? Ice? And he gives it a really, like, hard thwack with his gauntleted hand, possibly chipping the ice if that is an option. <laughs> If you if you could not you know hit it, this did cost me twelve hours of my life to create. So, know, of course, of course, I'm trying to be sarcastic. Now it just looks uncannily like you. I must say, I didn't realize ice could be. Oh my goodness! Well, I suppose it can help us on our it, journey. It will be very helpful. Uh, theoretically, Lerotz, I could make one of you as well, but it would require you to sit still for twelve hours. I'm okay, thank you. Thank you. No, no, no. I'm fine. And now, kind of gathering everyone, including Icevow, into this room, <laughs> Rolandir looks out at the group. Well, I think we've all prepared ourselves adequately. Is there anything else anyone needs to take care of before we head out? Let's be on our way. I am ready to depart. As am I. Very well. Then, I say, let's get to it and back by dinner. Now, <laughs> and Rolandir <laughs> just leads the way out. Yes, with no more reason to stick around, you head to the entrance of the labyrinth. Tucked away in a shadowy part of the monastery, the attendant from before greets you along with many other Mazkin who seem to be outfitted for war. One of them steps forward and offers Brynir his axe, which now has an orange sheen to it. Brynir with a kind of a grin on his face goes up and takes it and admires the handiwork that was done to his axe. And he says, Now this will not last forever. The more you use it, the more it will degrade. But we have tried to strengthen it as much as possible, for you will need it a lot. In mechanical terms, your axe can now deal 2d6 fire damage when you attack. Oh, yeah. I should have had them do it to my Warhammer, too. Whoops. Among kin, I understand that Mazkin generally maintain themselves separate. I'm sure there's at least a little bit of interaction. Is Mazkin craftsmanship? You know, would this be something that Lettuce is like, wow, that's a lucky, that's a good buy there, you know, that's a good get? Or is it more like, eh, you know? They're more talented than Elvaret when it comes to, like, elementalism. Cool. So then Lettuce approaches Brynir and he says, Ah, it's going to be a handy weapon, real lad. Mazkin are known for their abilities with the elements uh, far beyond... Even the Elverettes and treasure it, but don't be afraid to use it. Of course not, old man. Why didn't you have them do it to your grave? No need. Mine can, uh, the merest thought. I can have a channel of the fire strong enough to burn the 
I have no analogy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and he just stops talking. Legros just trails off. <laughs> Where was I? With this, I can, I uh, I can conjure a fire strong enough to burn through the. Indeed, yes, yes, I can. I'll... <laughs> then these congregated mazkin then work together to lift an enormous door of stone from the ground that is a meter thick and it lifts and then smashes down to the sides revealing a staircase that is cloaked in shadow and goes down far beyond any of you can see the attendant steps aside the way to the staircase now clear and he says simply may the gods be with you and good luck and Rolandir walks on down and then the door closes behind us. Well, actually, it, it does if you go in. <laughs> I assume we all do. We go in. No, it closes in front of us. I should have said something really arrogant and then gone down the stairs. I mean, you still oh, well, can. no inspiration for you. <laughs> <laughs> and as he starts heading down the stairs, Rolandir turns around and he says, Now, which ones of us have the bombs again? That would be me and Ifron. Very well. Well, let us know if you need us to carry them. I'd rather have us switch more often than get too tired and drop it by accident. Yes, very good. We will take shifts. Good. Then, All right. onward. As you continue down these stairs, the light fades as the giant door is shut behind you. You are in pitch blackness at this point. I can fix that problem. Heck yeah. Um, I'll cast light on my staff on the crystal on the end of it. We call that the Gandalf? Yeah, Gandalf in it. Yeah, I was going to say, do you whisper to it? I and call then... it a mine. A mine. <laughs> As Val creates this light, does Val take the lead then? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Little will take the lead. He'll be just slightly in front of Val. <laughs> Great. Let's put the ancient old man and the wizard at the front. <laughs> he might be ancient, but he's darn effective. That is very true. Lidolz has never lost a fight, mostly. I give him a hard time, but he is a good person to have in front. It is a considerable amount of time, maybe 15, 20 minutes before you reach level ground. It's quite the walk. And as you do so, these catacombs are... To put it simply, beautiful. The walls, though carved from natural stone, still retain this almost wet look as some are even covered in ice. Everything has a beautiful sheen to it that just accentuates the rich carvings that exist upon them. There seem to be entire Mazkin novels scrawled upon the walls down here as you go room to room. Val is very tempted. <laughs> To just stop for, like, days and... To just stop. I feel like he probably does come to a dead stop at one point, just, like, reading as fast as he can and then gets shoved behind from everyone else. <laughs> yeah, just everyone starts pushing. Well, I, I was totally thinking the same thing. I was like, if Lyrian was here, you know, he would be having a heyday. Oh, yeah. As everybody's walking along, Thrawn kind of gets contemplative, you know. He just says, hmm, it is such a shame that the circumstances must be this dire for... Someone such as myself, or any human, really, to be able to come here to see such a wonder. There is so much that we could learn from the kin. Perhaps even something that they can could learn from us. Huh, Larotz? 
But of course, I must say. Uh, if only humans could truly understand the wonders of the kin, I do believe that there is quite a bit that you could learn, and well, while our civilization society is clearly superior, there is a certain element of change and growth that I can respect in the humans. That I, I do, I shouldn't say can, that I do respect in the humans. It's one of your greatest qualities. Perhaps after we are done here, things can be different between the humans and the kin. Undoubtedly. With time, if these maskins were to follow a sanguine, I have no doubt that things can change. The Mazakin are scarce interested in dealing with other, the affairs of other kin, so it sh should be a truly groundbreaking moment. Yes, when would you say was the last time a human was ever down in these caverns? Canaeus? Ever? <laughs> this is probably the first time. So there you go, Leroth's. Already. It is groundbreaking. However, as this jovial conversation is happening, you are still navigating a labyrinth. These winding, twisting hallways, sharp turns, and concealed corners do not navigate themselves. And so whoever is taking the lead in this endeavor, I'll allow or I'll require either a survival or insight check to keep you on the right path. Uh, well, that's... Lerots, so uh... can can <laughs> can we can we put Val as picking the path and Lerots as being the armed guard <laughs> in front? The meat shield. <laughs> Lerots is is a stubborn old man, and while he will let Val do that, he will listen to what Val is saying. He's definitely going to grumble about it. Okay, that's fair. I feel like Val is very so like, accustomed like, to the grumbling. He's, he's going to be like he's you know. So Val says, "Oh, let's go right." And he's going to be like, oh, "I don't see why not." I've, Left here clearly seems to be a better trap, but oh yes, yes, let's go right, you say. Indeed we shall. <laughs> go for it then, Val. Insight, you said, Ryan? Yes, or survival. I'm better at insight. So I suppose you could call this more of a maze than a labyrinth. Oh shit. Yes. <laughs> that was a good that was a good line though, before. <laughs> it's not a great roll. Thirteen total. It's not a matter of misdirection, it's a matter of time. And with that roll, it does take you a considerable amount of time. About three hours-ish. So if anyone's keeping track, it's now about 9 p.m. in the surface world. But you've made some progress. And you start to see the first little inklings of strangeness. This beautiful sheen is gone from the stone. It's cracked. It's hard. It's dry. Whatever bits of life of small luminescent plants or mosses that covered previous passages are all but gone, replaced by nothing. And there seem to be bits of a deep brown ooze that sometimes lingers at cracks or seams in the stone, but not often enough to where you are in any danger. You do reach, however, a sizable chamber that would present itself as a uh, d defensible enough position if one decided to settle down for a while. 
Well, on that clear hint, <laughs> Lerotz, having arrived at this chamber, he's been paying attention uh, to everything that's going on. So, you know, arriving at this chamber, looks around, sees it's fairly defensible, um, realizes it's quite late at night as well. Uh, still slightly amazed that Val's simulacra hasn't actually melted. He was expecting that, and it's constantly amazing to him. There's not a puddle everywhere they go. Um, he just turns around and he says, Well, I think it might be best that we stop for the night. I don't know about you all. I mean, of course, I could go on for another 12 hours, but it's always best to be fresh and ready. We don't know what awaits us, and to be frank, even with shifts, I fear that those spheres are likely getting heavy. I agree. Perhaps it is best to set down for the night and rest before we continue our journey. I have no qualms about this, Kalnia says. And Fran takes off his pack and uh, starts lighting a little fire, just a little bit of, you know, a little bit of wood and stuff that he's got nothing big we're not doing any bonfires here this isn't high school let's <laughs> do you get one of those five dollar batches of logs that burns for like an hour yeah something like that okay cool and Efron's pack is actually just it's like uh just like a big pack that's full of wood that's all it is it's just, <laughs> it's just full of wood <laughs> that was him gearing up i mean if we really wanted to we could just have val intent powers fire yeah that could also go very soft <laughs> That's basically our battle plan. <laughs> um, can Val kind of like poke around this um, chamber just to kind of investigate and see if there's any immediate threat from the goo or otherwise? Yes. Do an investigation check for me. Okay. 18. There doesn't seem to be anything out of the ordinary in particular. There are still these stories of grand Mazkin histories in script that is less and less legible as you go further. And like I said, there are these seeping vestiges of something greater, this this brown ooze. But for now, nothing dire. Okay. I'm going to leave the ooze alone and I would very much like to read one of the histories. Okay. So Efron has started a little fire in the middle of the chamber and Val is poking around? Yeah, Val is probably like way far down the chamber like holding up his staff to read the walls. Lerot's uh, he didn't grab any new weapons or armor from the Mazkin. He did, however, pack up on some fresh food, carrying kind of traditional rations, but he knows that you know a little bit of fresh food can be a real boon to any uh, venturing company. So he decides that he's going he's gonna to whip up something really simple, just remembering his in days. And uh, before you know it, he's actually got uh, some flatbread cooking on a stone. A little bit of meat there on another stone near the fire. It's, it's it's looking like a real tasty thing. Very fragrant. A lot of fragrant spices there. He's got that special salt that Sam had to save to make it on the way back to the Shire. Mm. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> the best salt in all the Shire. Sprinkle uh, that on top. What's it? Laurie's seasoned salt. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Anyone else? Just as Rolandir is kind of setting himself down in a comfy spot... He looks toward Kelneas and just says, So tell me, all those writings and things we saw on the walls that we were passing, what do those even say? Is it just giving the history of the Mazkin, warning what we're walking into? It's histories, fables, stories of families, genealogies, it's municipal reports, it's honestly everything. Anything. Interesting. How far back it goes, I... I couldn't say, but... To be frank, this is about as far as I've ever come. One more step. And be the farthest away from home <laughs> I've ever been. And, and, and one, one more reference and we'll meet our quota. 
<laughs> but you got a pretty heavy Lotor reference going on here. Okay. Yeah, for real. Gosh, darn it. Oh, man. I lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> gotcha! <laughs> well, who knows? When we finally get around to killing this thing, maybe we'll find some long-lost writings of the Mazkin that shed some new light on things. But who knows? And he rolls himself over and starts getting ready to yeah. go to bed. Kalniates, too, goes and sits by the fire, lays out her bedroll, and uh, oh, waits for the meal to be finished. As everybody's chilling, Franz sitting, you know, next to the fire, and says, Meek, please, sit down with me. All right, then. I'm already sitting. <laughs> 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 I'll come closer. Very, very well. well. I can come. I can come to you if you would prefer. But yes, I would like to speak with you. Uh, yes, I'll come to you. Uh, how's this? We're within six inches of each other. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, uh, pal, please tell me what's on your mind. As I put an arm around Ephron, I simply wished to share something with you. And he reaches into his pack and he pulls out two. Uh, pipes, and he says, uh, "Do you uh, smoke?" Uh, not usually, but on special occasions. So, don't mind if I do. Well, this occasion is special enough. And he pulls out a little brown paper packet, and he says, mm, "This is all the way from Imena." I... Sweet. <laughs> the Mary Jane. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say we gotta put a uh, we gotta put a PG thirteen some tobacco use warning on this one now. Where Farkas is already R, so <laughs> all, all of them are explicit. Yeah, they're already explicit. Yeah, not like freaking for episode one, and then Otis gets ripped in half, and the kids at home are just like, oh yeah, and then it's like, did he say smoking? <laughs> Get the people what they want. Anyway, special occasion. This is all the way from Imera, and it has quite a good flavor and a delicious fragrance. Here, allow me. Then he stuffs both of the pipes full, hands one to you, pulls out a little match, and lights them up, you know. And soon there's smoke rising from these pipes. Mm. What do you think? Mick takes a puff of it and goes... <coughs> Quite flavorful. <laughs> uh, it is all right if it is not to your liking. So. No, no, no. I didn't say that. I'm just not used to it. <laughs> Did you ever imagine, Mick, that you would be here? Of all places, deep in a Mazkin labyrinth, hunting down some beast, some creature, something that only has destruction and feeds off intent? Not exactly that in my mind. To be honest with you, I imagine myself living out my days, performing, traveling, going from town to town, kind of just living off of whatever I get. Yes, that would be nice. Did you ever imagine this? No. No, I did not. As you well know, I used to be a merchant. And I thought, perhaps, I would be a merchant for the rest of my days. But I thought that I had a higher calling... And I departed from that life. But after everything that has happened, after being so influenced by the Herald, seeing such strange and 
frightening visions. Perhaps after this I will go back home, become a merchant once more. Mick pauses for a second and has legitimate sympathy for Ifran, who's his, who's been his friend for many years. I totally forgot you two knew each other before this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In the pause, Ifran breaks the silence. I'm sorry, Mick, for a great many things. For neglecting what should have been a better friendship. And I am sorry that you had to come here. It is, after all, one of the gods of this world that opened the rift, that brought you and the others through, but has wrought a great deal of trouble for us all. I am sorry. But even if you are not used to it, perhaps a small moment like this can help make up for a tiny bit of the inconvenience. Ivron, oh. please, there's anyone to apologize to the other. It's me to you. No, nonsense. Nonsense. Mick, you have been nothing but cheery and uplifting. I am glad you are with us. I am glad you are here. Perhaps, if you are so keen to perform out the rest of your days, you could favor us with a song. Something to put our minds at ease. It would be my honor. And Mick takes out his lute. And just so you know, I do not have a song prepared. <laughs> no, that's fine. I can't. That's fine. <laughs> Mick takes out his lute and begins to gently stroke the strings and plays a little melody to his favorite song, actually from his childhood, called... While My Lute Gently Weeps. While My Lute Gently Weeps. Somebody get <laughs> that bass in there. <laughs> As Mick serenades everyone with their beautiful voice and song and Lerotes passes around... Meats and breads, ripe for a king's feast. You have a cheery conclusion to your first day in the labyrinth, even as Ifran looks on with a more somber tone, and, and Kelnias, sitting not too far away, rolls over to fall asleep, the rest blissfully unaware of what is to come. <laughs>